Oh, baby. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The Dodgers can't lose. Julio Rodriguez is hot as the sun. Jose Siri is producing the show. It's front office. Let's go. Got you with the lefty butt. Hello. Squared around on me. And welcome to Talking Baseball, episode 703. I called it a front office show. That's not true. This is the clubhouse show. A bunch of clubbies, kids getting the balls together, ready for the big game. Jose Siri does not give a you-know-what. This one's brought to you by SeatGeek. As always, use code TALKIN. Get $20 off your first order. Go to a game. See Shohei Otani pitch for the Angels. Or not pitch for the Angels. Maybe just hit because he's on triple crown pace. Jake is gone. I don't even know where he's at, Beavers. I have no clue. This guy travels more than anyone I know. He's like a freaking Delta pilot just going places weekend after Virginia Mountain. I don't know what it's about. He is going to get eaten alive in the Appalachians. Let me tell you that right now. James was supposed to be on the show. He had some stuff that he had to commit to. So it's just me. And Bieber's and Jose Siri, Bieber's, what's up, man? How are you? Not bad, not bad. Heard people, you know, last week we got this pairing together, and they were calling it the uh, the superstars only. And uh, oh, and, okay. And, you know, I put a little lead in my pencil. I'm happy to get that together again. I wouldn't and, mind doing every Friday just you and I. You know, I love the youth. I, I steal true. your youthful energy and I put it into my own body. I actually need that this weekend. Mm. Uh, we got some things going on, but a, a lot of good baseball. As we were looking over the sheet and talking about what we're going to do for the show, we noticed, hey, man, this is a massive interleague show. There's nine interleague series, a lot of them two gamers, some fun ones to go along. As I mentioned in the open, the Dodgers are so hot. Julio Rodriguez is so hot. Fran Tatis Jr. is so hot. A lot of good ball being played. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll get right into it. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. Before we hit the first league, you, we mentioned it off the top, but uh, today's episode and the whole show is always sponsored by SeatGeek. Uh, they are a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. I mean, you listen to the show, you know what they're about. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. More than 70,000 events every single day. We are most familiar with sports, but they got concerts and Broadway shows and, and all kinds of stuff. Festivals. You can get tickets to anything on this app. They always want to make sure you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. If you're familiar with the stoplight system, same way. It works the same. They are telling you if you're getting a good deal here. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code TALKING. Uh, And there's a link in the description you can click to download the app. I'd say hit that music, dude. And, of course, we are starting off in the American League where the Seattle Mariners went into Kansas City. They took three of four from the Royals. It was not easy, though. 
The Royals won the first game 7-6 to six before the Mariners took the next three. But again, these were all late-inning comebacks or holding off the opposing team in that first game. 7-6 Royals, like I mentioned, Bobby Witt Jr. with the inside the park home run. Sal Perez with the three-run homer. Julio had a massive day. It actually put the Mariners ahead uh, before the walk-off bunt by Dyrone Blanco in the ninth inning. It was beautiful. It was uh, That was followed, or excuse me, preceded by a Sal Perez RBI sack fly to tie the game. Blanco with the walk-off bunt. So that was awesome. After that, it was the Mariners doing what they had to do. Ty France find a two-run single in the center in the 10th inning uh, to go up 10-8 on the Royals in that game. Um, the Royals took care of business next two games. Or excuse me, the Mariners took care of business next two games to win three out of four. We're kind of going to get into this one, talk about Julio a little bit. So that's all I'll do on the burn. Moving on to the next game. Next series, excuse me, Los Angeles Angels went into Texas. The Rangers took two or three from them because that's probably what should happen at this point. Uh, they won the first game 12 to nothing, had to face more position players. They've done that more than any other team in all of the big leagues this year. The second game, they won 7-3 to three before losing on Wednesday 2 to nothing. Reed Detmers took a no-hitter into the eighth inning of that game. The Angels won that one. Two to nothing. A lot of good offensive performances by the Rangers in the series because that's exactly what they do. And then again, Shohei Otani showing up in that last game. He's got the most homers in the AL. He's on triple crown watch. We'll check that out. Rangers take two or three. And then the last series in the American League was a two-gamer split between the Detroit Tigers and my Minnesota Twins. Twins win the first game five to three. Matt Walner, the Minnesota Moose. Um, hits a grand slam, overshadows Miguel Cabrera's last homer ever at Target Field. Uh, the Tigers won the next game 8-7. to seven. Uh, Maeda got r- roughed up a little bit. Actually, Reese Olsen did as well. Um, split the two-game set. Spencer Torkelson, freaking two homers uh, against Minnesota. And that's, that's it. That's all that happened in the AL. And I'm having Siri talk to me. As I'm talking to you, I can't hear anything. What is going Ooh. on? Trev, great job. Your standings in the AL work in east to west. Orioles lead the east, 74 and 47. They're two games up on Tampa. A little, little narrower than it was a couple days ago. Uh, Toronto is seven and a half back of Baltimore, five and a half back of Tampa, if you're doing the math at home. Boston and the Yankees in that order taking up the rear Hanks below 500 by the way might come up later a little bit but no reason to dwell in the central your twins of course leading the way Cleveland's four and a half back uh, of them Detroit in third eight games back of the twins White Sox and Royals you're out you know that the Rangers still lead the West they're two and a half up on Houston uh Mariners you know leaning is that a word? In the background, they're six back of Texas. Uh, Angels, you're starting to be out, out, below 500. A's, you know what your deal has been all year. In the wild card, the three teams holding position in the AL are Tampa, Houston, and Houston's three games up on Toronto for that last spot. Seattle's just a half game back, though, of the Birds. Uh, Boston, three and a half back. And the next closest team is the Yankees, six and a half back. So, no, no. Angels, you're seven back of a playoff spot. Those are the AL standings. 
I want to let everyone know that while I was doing that burn, I had Siri from my MacBook talking in my ear about some nonsense the entire time. <laughs> I don't know how it got started. I don't like it. Please don't do that again to me, computer, because I couldn't hear a dang thing. We got through <laughs> it, though. Got through it. I, I see, you couldn't tell. You mentioned Seattle, half game back of Toronto for that last wild card spot. They take care of business in this series. They go into Kansas City, and look, Kansas City has some ball players. Sometimes they play some inspired ball. In fact, this series was really close, but Seattle takes care of business. We've talked about their easier schedule going forward, and we talked about Julio Rodriguez needing to get it going for them, uh, along with some other guys. He's crushing the ball. We're going to talk about him uh, later in the show. Uh, but this is exactly what the Mariners needed to do going into Kansas City. And like I mentioned, first couple of games were interesting. Kansas City answers back in the first game. We get the walk-off bump by Dyrone but, uh, Blanco, excuse me. Um, the crazy inside the park homer by Bobby Wood Jr. Sal <laughs> Perez actually started the game off with a three-run homer. Seattle had to come back in this game. They ended up taking the lead, and then the Royals – finished them off but then after that it was all seattle in yeah. this series and again they had to do this to maintain pace beavers yeah these games probably a little closer than than mariners fans wanted by final score but uh but yeah you, you sweat it out a little bit but that's the result you're looking for when you're getting four against this kansas city royals team at this point in the year seattle does their job uh, and they're, I mean, they're right there for for a playoff spot. Still, another series with Kansas City. I think uh, this series, this season after this, uh, and they still got some against Oakland. So schedule, for the most part, is in their favor. Um, Seattle got to be feeling pretty good right now. Not dead. Shout out Brady Singer in their first game. Took a, a no-no late into the game. He's done that a couple different times in his career. Um, September 10th, 2020, which is his eighth big league start. Yeah. Uh, he it was four outs from uh, a no-hitter. And then this one, um, I have it. I took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. And again, the, Mar the Royals had a 5 nothing lead. They blow that lead, have to come back and uh, win it in the last inning, which was nice for them. After that, like I mentioned, um, or we mentioned, all these games are a little bit closer than Seattle would want to, but that's kind of the, the ball that they play, and they had some guys uh, come through that they've needed to come through offensively. Ty France in the second game, like I mentioned, he had the big hit to get them up uh, by two runs. Um, there was a seven-run fourth inning in this game for Seattle. Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, Tasker Hernandez, and Josh Rojas all homered in that inning, which is a, a nice one to have if you're trying to beat the Royals and you get down early, you end up hitting four homers in that inning. That's a that's a nice one to have. Um, Tasker Hernandez in the third game had the tie-breaking sacrifice fly in the eighth inning. Um Julio just kept going off and off and off. And I, I want to talk about him, but I think we're going to talk about him more in Fuego. Mm, uh, true. Yeah, they. I mean, he's a guy they specifically needed to go uh, to get get the whole engine moving, and and he has. He's been going. Um, it's good for good for Julio. Good for the Mariners. In the last game, Matt Brash uh, recorded this fourth save, taking over uh, some of the late inning responsibilities. Uh, him and Munoz doing that with Seawall being traded. I believe he got he was the one in the in the ninth in the first game, so he kind of 
gave it up there, then you know, followed it up with a nice series. Um, and that's really what happened. Seattle is right where they need to be. Cal Raleigh, I think, is the second fastest or fastest Mariner to 50 homers in hmm. franchise history, which is nice to see. And yeah, no, no big not the guy you would have uh, you would have expected, but I like it. Yeah, that is good. Um, and that's it. Get on the Mariners. Take care of business, man. And Bobby Wood Jr. is going off too. He's uh he's a special player, man. Yeah, he's he's gonna be a problem. Moving on, um, the Rangers take two or three from the Angels. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. It was a bludgeoning the first game, twelve to nothing. The Rangers win that one, seven to three in the second game. Um, again, just very, just great performances all around from the Rangers. Scherzer goes seven innings pitched, no earned runs in the first game. Then you have all the usual suspects. Simeon has a homer. Adelise Garcia has a homer. Uh, Grossman, how about that? Continuing hey. two for four, two doubles. Mitch Garver, who filled in for Jonah Heim, who I believe is back. Uh, he so. was two for three in that first game uh, and filled in admirably. Uh, for Jonah as he was out. So shout out to my guy, Mitch Garver, former sequence um, yeah. guest. Um, Corey Seager, three for five with two homers in the second game. A nice start by Jordan Montgomery. I mean, this is this is why you go out and get those guys at the trade deadline to bolster your starting staff. You have Scherzer doing that. You have Montgomery doing what he's doing. And then, like I mentioned, the third game, Reed Detmers takes the no-no into the eighth. Show it's the homer. They win that one two nothing. But Rangers... Also taking care of business against the Angels here to maintain their lead in the AOS with Houston kind of still breathing down their neck a little bit, Beavers. Yeah, you can uh you certainly can't take any lead you have on Houston for granted if you're Texas. So good job, you know, taking care of your business. And the more interesting angle is the just how bad it's been for the Angels since they went all in. They're Six and thirteen since uh, July twenty eighth. Uh, Giolito has not quite put it together there yet. Uh, Leon has an ERA in the four since coming over, which you know that's not going to make a huge difference. Cronin Grichik in in albeit small sample sizes, it's only been you know, less than two weeks, but uh, or less than three weeks, but uh, but their WRC pluses are in the fifties since coming over to LA, and uh, you know. Just every move they made hasn't were has been bad so far, and it has not resulted in winning. And it's just a very different vibe than two, three weeks ago. Um, like we all were, were hoping they'd make the push. Yeah, the the Rangers have their best start in 120 games in franchise history. Mm. That's got to feel good for Rangers fans. Uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about Reed Detmers. Uh, he did throw a no-no last year. I saw him throw against the Twins earlier this year. Uh, this guy has no-hit potential every time he steps on the mound. Like if he can, He's got that kind I of stuff. I think it's the third time through the order he gets a little uh, shaky, if I remember my my notes correctly from back uh, way back when. Uh, but when he's got it going, uh, he's got crazy swing and miss stuff, which helps uh, in these, no, these no-hit bids. Marcus Simeon ended up... Um, Ending this one for him, but another great outing for him. And, you know, what's been obviously a very disappointing, as you mentioned, season for the Angels, then especially since the trade deadline, it's just been, it's been tough, man. It's really been tough for them. 
but he's you know him and Otani have been bright spots for sure. Yeah, they have some pieces that you're long term excited about. It all a lot hinges on Otani sticking around for a while, but I do like a lot of the young pitching they have. Detmer's like he's like he feels like a guy if he has his A stuff, he is a candidate to throw a no hitter any given start. Um, trying to find some time through the order numbers, but uh, but yeah, I I do like him. The overall numbers um, kind of have never been great. Last year, he had a 377. That was his best year. You know, this is a sh- smallest sample size as he's a young guy. But um, when you watch him, it kind of – it's Blake Snellis. Blake Snell-ish. Where it's like about control and about command and, and getting ahead of hitters. And, you know, uh, he'll get the pitch count up there because of that. But when he's right, it's it's really nasty. Yeah, I mean, even even this year, yeah, just he's got to figure out the third time through. He's his he gets better the second time through compared to uh, first time facing guys. But the third time through, opponents have a nine thirty eight OPS and about one hundred four plate appearances uh, this season. So that's okay, a, so a lot of pitchers have that problem. Yeah, that is true. That is that is a statistic that hurts a lot of guys. Uh, the final series, as we're going through these pretty quickly, uh, in the American League, only three, like I mentioned, and same with the NL. Uh, the NL. Detroit Tigers split with the Twins. Uh, Twins win the first game, 5-3 Tigers, 8-7 in the second game. Uh, young guys for the Twins are continue to do it. Walner um, hits the Grand Slam. Royce Lewis is back in the lineup. Uh, he goes one for three with an RBI uh, to get the job done. Bailey Obert kind of has a bounce back start, only only uh, five innings pitch, but two earned runs. Um, this one was fun because Miguel Cabrera did hit the homer, and it was a freaking laser, and I kind of like seeing that. I don't know. It didn't affect yeah. the game for the Twins in a negative way because Walner did his thing. So I'm happy to see Miggy, uh, you know, have one final blast there at Target Field. Although I pose this question to Jolly on baseball today, and I'm going to give it to you now, Beavers. Okay. Miguel Cabrera, obviously, if, uh, one of, if not the best right-handed hitter I've seen. I guess mm-hmm. people are always going to point to Pujols. I just saw way more of Cabrera, um, but I'll give Pujols and Cabrera. You know, they're both this incredible right Of the generation, they're, they're a 1A, 1B. Yeah, so um, of all the places that he played, Beavers, with, you know, let's just say 100 plate appearances. I think that's what I did yesterday. Where do you think uh, he has the like the lowest OPS? Where he struggled the most. For him, struggle is relative. Um, hmm. <laughs> Trying to think of a big ballpark that maybe would have kept him in and then that, that makes Comerica's the biggest one, right? Uh Let's say Minnesota and, and say I believe in in you and your twins. No, that's not. <laughs> that's a bad one. That's yeah, a bad, it's a bad. Guess. He got a lot of he got a lot of opportunity to figure that place out. I believe he had like an eight ninety five OPS at Target. That field. might be his uh, worst of any field. I don't know. All two surprising ones for me with the, with the hundred plate appearance uh, caveat. It's actually the Rogers Center in Toronto. Really. Re- he only had around a 700 OPS. And then if you go back, it's actually Petco. He has less than 100 plate appearances there, but I believe his OPS is in the fives huh. for Petco. Everything else besides those are like above average, like 770. Like yeah. this guy just didn't miss, man. And probably those 
those Petco ones. Uh, I'm assuming those are like early days. Marlon still was he wasn't quite Miguel Cabrera yet. Um, and in the last game, Detroit Tigers they they win that one. What was the score? It was eight to seven. A bunch of the young guys um, have gone off, and I've watched the Tigers play a little bit more this year as I'm doing the Twins games. They have some fun guys, man, and like. I, I like the way they play baseball. They just the roster just isn't really there yet. So it's it's interesting to watch them play because you see flashes of almost like brilliance out there on the field, but it's not consistent enough at all. Um Riley Green goes three for four in that second game. Torkelson two for five with a, with two homers. His he's crushing the ball right now. I'm sure we'll talk about him later. And Kerry Carpenter uh also had a homer, and then my guy Matt Veerling. Uh, was two for five with an RBI in that second game. But again, just there's good baseball out there. It's just not consistent enough. And it, the Twins, it, there's they, talent. They split this series. They just can't. They can't run away from the Guardians. The Guardians are trying to give them the division, and the Twins just can't really do it. So let's go. Yeah, come on, Twins. Twins, just get right. Maybe maybe one more like full hot streak to just lock it up, lock it up, and and you'll be feeling pretty good. Uh, yeah, Tigers, they ha- they have some top-end talent that if it gets sorted out, I know some of those guys have been have been injured for a while on the pitching end of things. Um, there's things to watch for there. Erod seems yes. to like it. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at Will Vest's uh, baseball reference headshot for the first time, and it's just that's a tough pick. They should have let him redo that. Um, yeah, Torkelson, I know all year, has been sort of teetering with an OPS plus above and below 100, so... Uh, hey, goal for the rest of this season, f- get that to finish above. Yeah, he looks like a guy that just like needs to do what he's doing now, which is just go on a torrid stretch and kind of just like feel like he's the man. Now, once you do that a couple times, it's like okay, I I'm here. I, I'm capable I'm of good this. enough to play here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, Will Vest baseball reference picture. It's not the greatest picture I've ever seen, but like maybe that's just what he looks like, Bieber's. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Little, just some cross-eyed stuff going. I, I would have let him. I would have. I would have given him a few options, uh, which maybe okay. they did. Uh, yeah, and, and I know Torkelson. It, early on, like the first full year in the show, didn't go great, and I think it was a slower start this year. But there's, there's a butter knife to be done that he's been just consistently producing for a lot of this season. So, so Tigers fans, I think are are mostly happy with what they've gotten this year out of him. Will Vest could be an extra or like a, you know, semi lead character in, in an old Western and like wouldn't have to go into hair and makeup at all. Just like it, it's some cowboy clothes on and you're ready. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Since May OPS and the sevens are better every month and he's having a torrid uh, August. So go tor- go. I like his swing too. He's feeling it right now. Good. All right. I think time to move on to the National League. Another three-game recap. Oh, yeah. And we are going to start off in New York as the Pirates went in to face the Mets. And the Mets take two out of three. They win the first game seven to two. They win the last game eight to three. The Pirates win the meat game in the sandwich seven to four. Cookie Carrasco goes three innings pitched in the first game, walks three, two earned runs. 
Um, but the Mets do enough offensively. Brandon Nimmo with the homer. Daniel Vogelbach with the homer. Jolly Allis fair player. Francisco Lindor goes two for three with a double. A couple runs there. Uh, he got to 20 homers and 20 stolen bases. That's the first Met to do that since 2008. You gotta love that. Uh, Pirates win the second game. Uh, delay with a two-run double and a six-run seventh inning for the Pirates. Um, they took a 7-1 to lead on a Jack Swinski RBI walk. Connor Joe hit by pitch, a pass ball to Beguera, and then delay to his thing before a Brian Reynolds triple. That's a big inning. That's how you get the job done. Like I mentioned, the Mets won the last game 8-3. to Tyler McGill. Five innings pitched, two earned runs. Pete Alonso with the homer. DJ Stewart, get you two homers, big dog. They win that one eight to three. They take two of three from the Pirates a little bit too late. And pink season is on. That's a jolly set. So maybe this isn't a great result for the Mets. But they win two out of three. Take it from the Pirates. In the second series, Jake Snakes go into Colorado and take two of three. Now the Rockies won the first game six to four before the Diamondbacks won the next two eight to five and nine to seven. Merrill Kelly has a good start in that first game. He goes six innings pitch with two earned runs, but Zeke Tovar goes three for four. Brennan Rogers has two ribbies, and Charlie Blackman goes two for three as the Rockies win the first game. Uh, the second game, Mantiply opens the game for. Uh, Arizona as they win 8-5. Tommy Pham has a big game. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. goes 2-5. for five. And Christian Walker, this guy's a stud. 1-4 for four with a homer. He has two RBIs there. Uh, he had a home run in the, in the first game as well. He had two homers, excuse me, uh, in that first game. He's going off. Feedback's win the last game 9-7. to seven. Gomber uh, for the Rockies gets roughed up 5 and a third with 6 earned runs right there. And I think I got this mixed up. Christian Walker had two homers in the third game, not the first game, because he's a stud. Uh, Kyle Lewis, how about him? Two for four in that third game. Corbin Carroll also two for three. As the Diamondbacks take care of business, they're holding court. They're right there in the mix of it, Beavers. They take two or three from the Rocks. And in the last game, this one was a tough one for the Brew Crew. They get swept by the Dodgers. The Dodgers just can't lose right now. It goes 6-2-7-1-1-0 in some really fun, good pitching matchups in this one. Uh, Hauser versus Bobby Miller. Miller outduels him. Six innings pitch, one earned run. Mookie Betts goes two for four in that game with the Ribby as the Dodgers just kind of take that one in an easy fashion. 7-1 in the second game. Kershaw comes back, five innings pitched, one earned run up against Wade Miley who gave up three earned runs in five innings. Not a bad start, but the Dodgers um, pitching staff has been really, really good, especially this series. And again, the Dodgers win the last one. one nothing. That was the fun start for me. That was Burns versus Lynn. Um, God, that's really fun. Seven innings pitch for Burns, no earned runs. Seven innings pitch for Lance Lynn, no earned runs. That's what we're talking about. And that's this is the Austin Barnes game. It's a solo shot in the eighth inning to put the Dodgers up. And when you're getting contributions by Austin Barnes, first homer uh, of the season for him, you know something's going well. They're winners of 11 straight. They sweep the series, and that is what happened in the National League. A quick one. Quick one. Another just quick set of three. Big IL coming up today. Your NL standings. Nine series in the IL. Nine. Woo. Oof, a lot of two gamers. 
uh, your NL standings. Atlanta is 12 and a half games up on the Phillies, which normally when you got that big a gap, it means that, that next team isn't in a playoff position. They are. Uh, they're 12 and a half up on the Phillies, who are 66 and 55. Braves are sneaking up on their 80th win. Miami, 16 and a half back of it, 16 flat back of Atlanta. Mets and Nats, nope. Uh, Brewers, they lead the Central, two games up on both the Cubs and the Reds. Uh, Pirates, ten and a half back. Cardinals, they are in last in the Central. In the West, Dodgers are seventy-four and forty-six, leading the way. Ten and a half up on San Francisco. Thirteen up on Arizona. Seventeen up on the Padres. In the wild card, Phillies, Giants have the top two spots, and then we have a three-way tie by games back. For the final wild card spot between the Cubs, Marlins, and Reds. Cubs have played two fewer games, so their winning percentage is higher. So technically, they would have the the spot right now. They have that tiebreaker if the season ended today. More on that soon. D-backs, you're just a game back. Padres are five back, trying to get all the way back into the mix. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mets, you're seven back. Ten games below five hundred. Those are your NL standings. All right. All right. Uh, first series, we don't have to go too in-depth here. It's the Pirates at the Mets. Um, again, Mets take two out of three. Both these teams are out of it. Both these teams probably don't want to win a ton of series. Yeah, I think uh, from from up above, I don't know if winning is what's most important the rest of the way. there was a, the I watched one kind of full game. I guess it was the last game of this series. Uh and it, it, for a while, felt like two teams not trying to win or certainly not putting well, their bodies on the line. Uh, the players yeah, are trying to hit. you get to this point of the season and you're, and you're out of it. It just it become it's daunting, man. You see the six weeks ahead of you. You understand, you know, what that means for you and your career. And I think that's when start, guys start to play a little bit more selfishly. Yeah. And there's some young um, guys getting tastes and – or guys who are doing who've been journeymen who are just like trying to get some numbers and get a deal for next year. 100%. It all makes sense. 100%. Um, you know, shout out Francisco Lindor. I mentioned he went 2020. It's the third time in his career he's done that. He did it in 18 and 19 for Cleveland. Uh, and now he does it again for the Mets. And that's no small feat, man. 20 stolen bases, 20 homers. That's if you can consistently do that, you're a dang good ball player. Yeah, I know. Um, so. uh, I know the Steels. Are going to be up across the board, but that's still twenty. Still a number that sticks out. Uh, we'll see where that lands as we get used to these rules. But Lindor goes, man. He's cool. DJ Stewart has a two homer day on the last game of this set. Uh, he's a fun watch. Just sucker for that kind of body. Um, yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that from you. He had a good quote. They asked. Uh, they asked after the game, like, what? Oh, what motivates you? Because obviously they're not pushing for a playoff spot at this point. He's he's a guy who hasn't bounced around. He's gone Orioles to Mets, but he's a guy you know fighting for for spots and stuff. And he mentioned, uh, you know, I've I've got a young daughter. Diapers motivate me. I got to pay yeah. for that. <laughs> so no, man, I don't. I don't know how far I want to get into this because we still have a lot of show left, but. I like you get to a point. It's it's and and I I hope people like realize this for a guy like DJ Stewart. I don't know what he's made in his career. Um, I guess we could. You want to get that up? I can I can look into that as I'm talking about it. You know, it's it's 
you play ball in high school, you play ball in college, then you get drafted and you don't really make any money in the minor leagues. And then, you know, you get to the big leagues and everyone thinks, oh, he got to the big leagues. He made it. He's rich. That's just not the case because you have to think about this. Like you're, you're not making good money in the minor leagues at all. Even if you, I mean, you're just not making enough money really to sustain the lifestyle Mm-mm. Uh, to be traveling around, having, you know, a rent here, rent back home, all that stuff. So like you have to perform at the big level for a long time to really make enough money where it's like you have a, a big head start in life or you're financially set. Very few guys actually get financially set for the rest of their lives playing baseball. That's yeah. why when you have the opportunity to make some money to be able to give you that chance, you you have to be you got to be selfish about it. the window is so small and it's so difficult to get to that point where you actually do make that money. Um, so guys yeah. like this, DJ Stewart, which his career earnings are he's made in major league salaries. It looks like he's, he's nearly eclipsed 1.5 mil. Uh, he's a guy, you know, he was a first round pick. So he's, he does have the bonus there that you know, three and a half mil total in pro ball. But, uh, but yeah, that's over not how, over how many years? He's 29 years old, was drafted in 2015. So we're, so we're approaching nine years. Yeah. So yeah. even if we do that, and people just bear with me, because I know I'm I'm talking about we're talking about millions here. We're talking about all this stuff, but I kind of want to put it into yeah. perspective. And, and sure, on the whole in Pro Bowl. Yeah. Sure, on, on the whole, that is still more than than most normal people, yes, make. The, the, the signing bonus yeah. obviously helped that out a lot. Yes. But I, I would tell you this, like I don't think that DJ Stewart is set for life for money. No, he he as as things lie right now, not a guy who doesn't have to work again. Like Yeah, you got you gotta pay taxes stuff. on that money. <laughs> yeah. And you have to, like I said, it's it becomes it can be an expensive lifestyle to live because you are doing your rent here. Most likely you have some sort of rent or mortgage back home. And yeah, it's just when you see guys like just fighting at the end of the years like this to put up those counting stats, I don't know. It just it resonates with me a little bit because I I think about this all the time with my own career. Like it could have, I could have easily not have had like a good streak in 2012, and then like maybe been on a different team where I didn't get the opportunities and like everything just is completely different. So there's like this little moment in time where you got to turn it on, and it can completely change your life. And so you'll see a lot of guys at that stage where they're trying to like flip the switch so they can take the next step, I guess. Get that a little more, get some, get just a guaranteed deal for next year. There's a lot of guys, you know, when we, you know, we get labor potty a lot on this show. Hopefully we don't have to for a little while. Um, You know, these are the types of guys we're talking about and guys who get even less time than this. So. Uh, obviously we know about the guys who make, you know, now 40 million a year, but I don't know if that whole segment's going to resonate with yeah, our fan base, but I just, I don't know. I'm trying to paint a little bit of perspective on, on stuff like this. Uh, anyways, Mets take two out of three and then we move on to the next series and Diamondbacks having to do this. You got to take two or three from the Rockies. Um, if you want to stay within the race, they got back over 500 with this series win. Um, kind of the usual sp- suspects doing the thing for them in these games. Um, 
holding court, keeping pace is exactly what they need to do. I don't know if we need to get too far into this series. No, just, you know, snaps for for the D-backs. They're, uh, the, this is what you had to do. You're back involved. Um, since the losing streak, they've they've played a good brand. They've won five out of six. They can get back on track and stay involved. And, and, as, and pretty much no matter what, this has been a, a, a win of a season for the franchise. But uh, it'd be great to keep it relevant, and they are doing that. Couple of guys they traded for got the job done. I mentioned Tommy Pham. He had an RBI double in this in the second game. Uh, Paul Seawald uh, got in a little bit of trouble, loaded the bases, went out in the ninth, but he re- uh, retired the final two batters to get his 24 save on the season. Um, and then I messed this up in the burn, but Christian Walker in the third game had his two homers. Uh, he's a stud, man. Really? 28 good. homers on the year. Um, just a good hitter. Now the the snakes have thirty one come from behind victories. That sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, it feels feels like that's got to be up there. I like that. Uh, they were trailing seven to six in the top of the eighth inning, but then Christian Walker said, "I got you guys." Hits the two run homer to put them ahead. Um. Yeah, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. He's a really good player. Both sides of the ball. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Last series in the National League was the Dodgers and the Brewers. And I, I love, first of all, this is an aesthetically pleasing series. Yeah. Um, I think these are two really good baseball teams that go about things differently. Um, completely different payrolls. Uh, I would say that the Brewers aren't as gifted on their roster as the Dodgers, but still find ways to win games, except for this series, they didn't win any of the games because they scored three runs in three games. Bieber, uh, the Dodgers starting pitching has been really, really good in August after it struggled in July. I mentioned Bobby Miller. Looks mm-hmm. like he's kind of figured things out. He'll be a part of the rotation going forward for sure. Uh, Clayton Kershaw does his thing. Yep, getting and him then back. Lynn has been insane since coming back. And I don't know when we're going to get into this Dodgers talk, but I sent the the tweet out yesterday to our Talking Baseball chat um, about all the guys that they brought over at the deadline who have just soared. And it's been every single one of them. And I'm, I'm assuming these numbers are right. Like, I, are we getting played here? Because it kind of seems like we're getting played. Even you said, I'm getting yeah. my tinfoil hat on because this doesn't seem right. They're nine for nine. And these include guys that came over before this season. Oh, this is also before the year you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, J.D. Martinez, uh, who, I mean, he, the year before he did not have a bad year, by, but he, uh, but the power you know, the numbers are up with J.D. Martinez. The homers are up. Uh, All the Jason numbers Hayward, for, the for, numbers are way up. Uh, for uh, Jason Hayward. He had a 555 OPS last year, 808 OPS this year. Kike Her- or excuse me, David Peralta is next. Mm-hmm. 652 OPS last year, 727 OPS this year. Kike Hernandez um, goes from Boston, where he had a 599 OPS. And he has an 805 OPS with the Dodgers and 60 at bats. Um, Andres Jimenez comes yeah. over. He had three homers and 385 at bats. Now he has three homers and 51 at bats for the Dodgers. It just the list keeps on going, man. Yeah. And 
What's funny about the Dodgers is I saw something yesterday. Um, Eric Kratz was talking on his show about you know why the Dodgers are this way and why he thinks it's not just scouting and drafting. Um, it's the way they treat their minor leaguers, and you know they they essentially try to treat their minor leaguers like big leaguers, give them all the information, feed them correctly. Now that's not going to do anything for these guys here that we're talking about, but as an organization as a whole, they just do things better. I talked to Brian Dozier uh, when I was with him in Minnesota for Mauer's hall of fame deal. And he couldn't stop talking about the Dodgers. And this is a guy that played for twins, um, nationals, Dodgers. And I believe he also uh, didn't play with San Diego in the big leagues, but it was with the organization. Yeah. Got a Uh, mess. That was COVID year. I believe he's with the Mets a little bit too. Always forget about yeah. Brian Dozier with the Mets. Seven games in the COVID year with the Mets. So he couldn't stop talking about how good the Dodgers organization is. And he and the things he would mention was there's just the communication about what they want you to do and what you do well. Like everyone hears that all the time. He talks about, you know, there's there's a lot of coaches per player. Uh, so you always feel like you have someone to talk to about certain things. Um, and he just, he says the way they relay the information to you is better. It's not just like, here's a packet of all the uh, info, you know, go ahead, do what you got to do. It's like, they explain it to you and they're able to just get the best out of guys, whether that's pitch mix or repertoire or changing your grip for a pitcher or throw this pitch less, throw this pitch more. Maybe your arm slot needs to be here. They just seem to they can identify guys who they know they can improve. And they've shown that here, man. Yeah. I mean, every seems like basically every big league level acquisition in the last year has, uh, as it's been night and day for the most part, especially, I mean, especially on the pitching end recently, Lance Lynn, he's got a two ERA since coming over. He was having his worst season as a big leaguer. Um, like even even the homers have been way down um, from what he was giving up. Um, man, they they've got the sauce there, man. It's uh, they won an eleven cool. in a row, Beavers. Yeah, they they're fully fully going all year. And we said this on the show before, but all year it was like, oh oh, they're quietly just being good again. And since since the breaker, or specifically since August. Um, Oh They've fully, fully gone. Beavers, not too long ago, we were talking about the Diamondbacks in first place, and we're like, okay. They had, like, a, like, a decent lead, and we were talking about how, like, all right, Dodgers don't don't really care. They just want to get in the dance. They're fine. They're 10.5 up on the Giants, 13 up on the Diamondbacks right now. What happened? Dude, the team, they don't, they don't get into real ruts. They, like, even... Even when they're starting pitching struggled, they they can win games. And here you are. They're a team that's been there and done that. Um, they, yeah, for Milwaukee special. on this end, you know, we talked about a bunch about the Dodgers. For Milwaukee's end of this one, you got beat by the better team, essentially. You yeah. really did. And again, three runs in three games, you're not going to win many series, and you probably will get swept. That's what happened here. Uh, nice start by Burns. He's been really, really good. Um, especially as of late, uh, but 
you just got you ran into the Dodgers at the wrong time. Essentially, you came in during a hot streak. It's very hard to beat this team when they're going the way they're going right now. Yeah, they would have obviously loved to get at least one in here. They're they're another first place team. Good is a good time to get a little litmus test in see see what another first place team will do. But uh, yeah, think they'll they'll take a few lessons home from this. They're a smart Freaking organization. Austin Barnes with the solo shot to put him up. I guess Nomar, I watched the clip, Nomar Garcia Parr called it before the game. He said, I think Austin Barnes is going to hit his first <laughs> homer of the season. And he did. How about that? Go Nomar, go. One other thing I wanted to mention from this. Oh, yeah, Mark Kana. It's his first homer with the Brewers, I believe, against Clayton Kershaw. Oh. Added a park Mark. I always like shouting him out when we can. He's a good guy. Good, really good guy. All right, that's the National League. So we covered the American League, three games. The National League, three games. And now we got the big, big, meaty beef rib mm. of a recap with the Interleague. Is it brought to us by somebody? The Interleague recap and this show are sponsored by, prepping the graphic, Better Help. Yes. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like, you know, you need some need some help in your relationship. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. You know, personally, you know, right after I graduated college, you know, that I was doing some of this. I mean, we were part-time, but I I needed a full-time gig. I was figuring that out. I felt like I had just figured college out socially and was like having friends. And I was I, I went through it. I talked to a therapist about it. That's a personal story. Uh, Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Uh, You know, on there, and they've got it, it, like a lot of places now, but it's just an online portal. You can set your own appointment. It's very easy, very simple. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Uh, that'll be the best for you. But you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you aren't liking the fit. That's fine. The important part is finding the right person. Let therapy be your map Visit with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash baseball and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash baseball. All right. The inner league. And here we go, Beavers. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to go past the music. We are starting in San Francisco. The Rays came in to visit. This feels like playoff baseball, even though they're in different leagues. Interleague, like I said, aesthetically pleasing. The Rays take two or three, and this one was kind of a, I don't want to call it a snooze fest, but not too many close games here. The Rays take the first game 10-2. to two. They take the last one 6-1. to one. And in the middle, the Giants won that one 7 to zero. Glass now with a nice start in game one. He goes six innings pitched with one earned run. Harold Ramirez, Christian Betancourt, and our guy, our producer, Jose Siri, all have nice games offensively as the Rays win that one 10 to two. Tyler Glass now throwing some cheese. He actually breaks Betancourt's strings of his mitt on a fastball because he is like a movie, essentially. Giants win the second game seven to nothing. Conforto goes three for four. Wilmer Flores and Tyro Estrada, both homer in that one. Uh, interesting here, the Giants use three openers. Uh, they are just, it's interesting what they're doing with their starting pitching. It's why I mentioned Gabe Kapler 
um, as one of the front runners for NL Manager of the Year because of what he's had to navigate with his pitching staff. They win this one seven to nothing, and then the Rays take the last one six to one behind a great start by uh, Aaron Savale. Excuse me, um, Josh Lowe gets it going for the. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, is this where Luke Rayleigh hit the inside the park, Homer? I think it is. That one was a lot of fun. Randy Rosarain, of course, goes two for five with a double and a run scored. Rays take two or three from the Giants. Moving on, Houston Astros go down to Miami and they take two or three. The Marlins won the first game five to one before the Astros won the next two six five and twelve. In the first game, Framber Valdez goes seven and two-thirds innings pitch. He's cruising until Miami decided to start hitting Homer, Soler, Luisa Rise, and Josh Bell go back to back to back in that game to get the job done for the Marlins. Houston's offense got stymied by Dalton Feely's favorite pitcher, Braxton Garrett. He goes five innings pitch with zero earned runs. But then it was all Astros from then on out. Christian Javier, he goes four and two-thirds going up against Johnny Cueto, neither of these guys have their best stuff. They both give up four earned runs, uh, but the Astros do it because Kyle Tucker is Kyle Tucker. He goes two before the homer. Chaz McCormick also homers in that game, along with Yanir Diaz. They get the job done. And in the last game, Justin Verlander, he gets roughed up a little bit. Five innings pitch with four earned runs. He goes up against, up against Jesus Lazardo, who he gets roughed up. Three and two-thirds Two, three and two-thirds innings pitch, five earned runs, but the Astros just bang the ball to save Verlander. Chaz McCormick, two for three with a homer. Alex Bregman, two for five with a homer. Kyle Tucker does it again because, of course, he does. He has three ribbies with a homer in that game. They win that 12 to 5. Astros are a wagon. Miami holding on for dear life there in the NL wild card race. Astros take two of three. Moving on, your Yanks. Oh, my goodness. Beavers. I can't wait to just go in depth on this one. They get swept by the Braves in Atlanta. This was the nail in the coffin for many Yankees fans. I follow a lot of them. 11-3 Braves. 5-0 Braves. 2-0 Braves. What did I say about scoring three runs in a three-game set? It's not going to be good for you. And like the Brewers, you got swept. Clark Schmidt. Two and a third innings pitched, eight earned runs in the first game. That ain't going to get it done. Luis Severino, four innings pitched, three earned runs in the second game. That ain't going to get it done. Randy Vasquez, three and a third, two earned runs. Doesn't matter. The Braves are a wagon. The Yankees are essentially dead in the water here. They get swept. The Yankees get swept by the Braves. My goodness. What year are we in? 1996? I have a hat. I have a hat from that World Series, I think. I don't know what happened. Anyways, we'll get more into that series. Beaver's going to tell us all about it. The next series, Baltimore, the Orioles go down into San Diego. The Padres take two or three here, and they needed that bad, Beavers. They're five games back right now as we stand. Orioles win the first game four to one behind a really nice uh, start by Grayson Rodriguez. You Darvish goes seven innings pitched in that one. He ends up passing Hideo Nomo for most strikeouts by a Japanese pitcher. In big league history? Gotta love that. Padres win the next two games, 10-3. Flaherty gets roughed up, and that start for the Orioles. They win the second game, excuse me, the third game, 5-2. Blake Snell does his thing. Uh, Gary Sanchez with the grand slam against Flaherty as they score five runs off him in the first inning. And then Fernando Tatis does his thing in the last game, 3-4. for He also steals home. Trent Grisham plays some good defense. He hits a homer in that third game. 
Padres are still right there. I'm not willing to give up, even though they're under 500, even though I just called your Yankees dead. For some reason, I still think the Padres can do it. They take two or three from the Orioles. Moving on, this one's going to be quick. Oakland A's versus St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals. I believe it's the two worst records in each respective league. It's close if it's not. The Cardinals take two of three. They win the first two games 7-5 and then 6-2 for the A's. Blank them. 8-0 in the last game. Paul Blackburn with a really nice start for the A's there. Seven innings pitched, zero earned runs. This one is kind of a snooze fest for me. We'll go over it quickly, um, but that's it for now. Cardinals take two or three. Moving on. This one was a tough one. A little mini what is you doing, baby. The Red Sox were trying to stay in contention for that wild card spot behind the Mariners. They lose two out of three to the Nationals, who actually been playing really good baseball as of late. Uh, they win the Red Sox win the first game five to four before the Nationals win the next two, six two and ten to seven. Uh, James Paxton with a nice start in the second game. Uh, Mackenzie Gore matches him, but he gets injured. Um, Chris Sale, Patrick Corbin square off in the last game. Sale goes four and a third innings pitch with two earned runs, three runs overall. Uh, in the first game, Tristan Casas continues to hit. Two for four with two ribbies. Uh, Pablo Reyes, two for four with a double and a run scored. Uh, Red Sox win that one, like I said, before the Nationals. Enjoy Manessis and Josiah Gray, and oh, he pitched in the first game. Who am I missing? C.J. Abrams went off. They take two or three. We got to get through this, people. Next series, Philadelphia Phillies play a two-gamer against the Blue Jays, and they split. Blue Jays win the first game, two to one. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi and Zach Wheeler go up against each other. They both have strong lines. Wheeler goes seven innings pitch with one and run. Yusei Kikuchi has been on fire. He goes six innings pitch with one, one earned run. The Blue Jays get the first one. 9-4 for the Phillies in the second one. Bryce Harper, a couple of homers. Uh, Kevin Gossman gets roughed up a little bit there. Five and a third. Seven runs, only five earned. Nola's been getting hit around too, man. I'm kind of worried about that. I want to say I'm not worried about Nola, but I'm a little worried about Nola. He goes five innings pitch with four earned runs uh, as they split the series. Uh, two more here in the interleague set. Cleveland Guardians go into Cincinnati for the Ohio Bowl. They split this two-gamer. Guardians win the first one, 3-0. Behind a nice start by Logan Allen. Graham Ashcraft gives up three earned runs in seven innings. The Reds cannot find offense. They lose 3-0 in the second game to get the split. They win 7-2. They rough up Syndergaard a little bit. Four and a third innings pitch for six earned runs there. Uh, and Andrew Abbott continues to do his thing. Five innings pitch, two earned runs. A split between the Guardians and the Reds. And the last series, another two-game set, another crosstown rivalry. White Sox versus the Cubs at Wrigley Field. White Sox win the first game 5-3. to three on a La Pantera homer there. Um, Kyle Hendricks goes six innings, three earned runs in the first game. It's not enough. The White Sox win five to three. Cubs walk it off to get the series split. They went four to three as Chris Morrell hits the walk off. We'll get into it. But that's what happened in the interleague. And that was a long one. And my, now my throat is dry. My mouth is dry, Beavers. That's fair. Basically, it's a doubled up interleague. Woo-wee. Again, we're going to go through these pretty quickly, people, because some of them matter and some of them don't. That's the game. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Giants. Um, again, this one kind of there was not many close games. Uh, I like this matchup a lot. 
Glassdale does his thing in that first game, and a bunch of guys hit. Um, Rays just come into town and say, hey, here we are. 10-2 to victory in the first game. Um, Giants don't care. In the second game, they answer back. They win it 7 to nothing. Beavers. Rays can't find any offense in that game. Going up against Jacob Junis and the rest of the San Francisco pen, they couldn't find anything. And then Savale, who's been... Thank goodness they traded for him. I know they had to trade away a big prospect, but because of the injuries the Rays have had, it can they're can they're able to continue to have somewhat of um a regular pitching staff that can save this yeah. bullpen. Savale is part of that now. Six innings pitch, zero earned runs, um, and they get what they need done offensively. You have anything from this series that you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean Savale. The second they acquired him, and that felt like such a raise get, and he's and he had a great year in Cleveland too before it, but uh, but yeah, he feels like kind of the quintessential Ray. They will they will turn him, they will max out his potential because that's what the Rays do with kind of everybody. But uh, but yeah, I, I I thought that was kind of an instant match that I was upset I hadn't thought about before the trade went through, uh, and he showed it a little bit against a good team in in San Fran, and. Is that this matchup's kind of sneaky, aesthetically pleasing? Yeah, it is. It is. Although, like, I'm on record as saying the Rays have some of the worst uniforms in the big leagues. They're just so plain and so brutal. They don't. You, they don't do anything for me. The colors match up, but the Rays unis as yeah. a whole just don't do it for me. They could use their next like revamp of that, but they need a revamp I, in the worst way, Beavers. But I, re- I, I like their color scheme next to the Giants' color scheme, which I didn't think I would think about until uh, until I saw these two on paper. Yeah, um, go, go Giants, go! <clears throat> this is a team that you know they just kind of. I know they lost this series, but they find ways to win games. I don't mm. know if we're talking about Patrick Bailey later on in the show. We have a whole section devoted to him in our notes about his defense and about what he's done for this team, what he's meant to this team. Uh, I was aware of you know what he was doing defensively. Just watched any of their games. Like he's he can throw the ball, man, and he throws like this like little sidearm kind of Johnny that. I think it's perfect to throw runners out because you're constantly leading the guy tagging further up the line. So if you if you just get rid of the ball and you allow and you allow the second baseman or shortstop time to make an adjustment on it, give them a visual, get it out early so they can make an adjustment. You can go up the line. That's how you're going to get a lot of guys caught stealing because you can tag up in the leg or up in the cleat. And if you're up the line enough, he's his hand's not going to be there. I feel like that happens a lot with him as he throws that sidearm ball, kind of just tails right back into the runner and allows the the person fielding the ball just to go get it and apply the tag right away instead of waiting for that ball at the bag and trying to swipe, you know, right there. It's like you just get the ball, drop your glove down. You're going to hit a big body part there. The legs are the biggest part of the body. You're gonna you're gonna tag to a lot of caught stealings. You're gonna tag something. They're the, yeah. That's the way you would, kind of want it to. You'd want it to go that way if you're if you're receiving. It's a, uh, it's definitely interesting because you you hear that about it and that doesn't sound that crazy. And then you you watch a couple montages of him throwing guys out and you're like, oh, that does look different. And you're a little surprised that that's not that that's not the way they teach it. 
Like it's not the the. Yep. The the quintessential. Uh, he looks more throw. like an infielder playing catcher. But then he yeah. gets back there, and the frame rate is really good. He's stealing strikes. He's doing everything that needs to be done. You know, the pitcher's ERA with him behind the plate is, I think, almost like two full runs better than when they have my guy Blake Sable behind the dish. So I think, you know, I don't always know what that means. I know pitchers like to throw to certain guys, and maybe you call a different game, but um, he's obviously – we've talked about him many times, but he's done a really, really nice job there. And you and and it seems like the Giants' uh, winning formula is to have a catcher yeah. come back and help them. They right? they I, clearly value that position being just stable and and a plus for them. And uh, it makes sense when you think about it, because uh, forever we've been told that that's like the most important position. Maybe prioritize that. Giants schedule watching a little bit. They're in the middle of. What on paper is kind of like a brutal stretch that they've so far mostly handled. They they go 500 against Rangers and Rays, which you, you'll take that. Or no, they lost both sets, but they're not getting swept. And then important stretches here, Braves, Phillies, Braves. Uh, so take care of your business there. And, let's, and then they get three against Cincy at home, which I imagine will matter to them. Uh, as since he's a team competing for a wild card spot with them, as is Philly earlier, uh, and then the Padres, who even if uh, even if you're out on them, they're not a team you you enjoy playing. So those will be tough wins on paper. Got a game plan right. Then the Cubs, and then the schedule lightens up a bit. But uh, but they're in the middle of a of a big important stretch in their season. Uh, so maybe if you tick that up just a little bit. Get get some wins in in Atlanta. Um, Good luck. They uh, this this will will kind of finalize where they're at in their season. I would guess. Obviously, anything can happen. They're in a good spot, so reinforce that during this time. The Astros go down into Miami. They take two or three in that first game. I mentioned it was the homers. Uh, getting the job done for the Marlins, which is just like not their type of baseball. Um, they yeah. can hit for average, but they cannot slug. Uh, this game, they did it. It was Bell, Soler, and Luis Arise. Soler actually got to 30 homers, so snaps for him. That's always a nice little uh, milestone to get to. Um, and then the Astros kind of came to play. Kyle Tucker showed up like he always does. Uh, so and they end up winning the next two games. Uh, even kind of get past a rough Verlander start because they're just hitting enough. Um, that's the scary thing about this Astros team is they can beat you in so many different ways, Bieber. They can outpitch you when the pitching isn't great, then and they know they have to score a bunch of runs. They got guys that can hit three-run homers with the best of them. Kyle Tucker is just constantly raising the price tag, constantly raising the price tag. Every freaking beautiful swing this man takes, he's raising it up. Um, they have like the Astros like are gonna have a problem. They have like just too many good players going yeah. down into the stretch, so they have <laughs> to figure it out. Um, I like what they're doing with Hunter Brown. Um, they're trying to limit his innings, so he actually came into in relief in the second game, um, because they're gonna use him in that role to and then skip his next start to make sure. He's fresh and to limit his innings. He's still going to pitch. He's still in the big leagues, 
but it's a creative way for them to get him a little bit of rest. So, and they're they're a team that we've seen come playoff time kick a guy to the bullpen, uh, especially a young starter. Some. I don't know if that specifically is going to be their plan with Brown. He's been so good. Maybe they do want him to start a game and just keep him fresh, but prep him a little bit for that role if that's what they end up wanting him to do. Um, they they do things the smart way pretty much every time. Uh, yes. Almost too smart. It's gotten them in trouble before. but <laughs> Actually, that's the dumbest thing they've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, last game... Like I said, Verlander didn't have his best stuff. Didn't matter because the Astros got out into a got off to a five nothing lead because they hit a bunch of homers in the first inning. So he didn't have to be as sharp. Uh, here's a stat for you: Justin Verlander is a hundred and three and zero when given five or more runs of support. That's actually a crazy stat. Yeah, you, like one time you didn't like just yeah. just ruin it. <laughs> Like that's five awesome. runs, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's a that's nice, a good day. Every nice pitcher signs up for that day every for time. Your team, but hundred and three and zero. <laughs> that's a lot of opportunities to do it. Uh, like five and five runs. Yes, that's a lot. Every pitcher would sign up for that every time they start, but uh, it's not like a crazy number. No, that, like you would think, like oh, insurmountable. Like like even like seven. Like Insane. That. That's awesome. Yeah, shows doing their thing. Another note from this series, Bernie Williams uh, performed a guitar rendition of the national anthem because that's what he does. We we had this game on. We had the six TVs set up while we were watching the Yankees, and this was one of them. And at one point, we just looked down, and we're like, is that Bernie Williams in the Marlins booth right now? And it was. <laughs> he, lo- he actually he looks really good. I'm sure he does. Uh, next series. This one's gonna be a tough one for you, Biebs. Ah. Uh, the Braves sweep the Yankees. Give me your, give me your, your take on this one. I mean, Quickly. honestly, there's not much to say. The good team beat the struggling team. Uh, just say bad team. They're bad. They're, they've been bad for a while now. Uh, Clark Schmidt, feel for him. This was a, this was a homecoming performance for him. He's been one of the brightest. Spots for the Yankees, his his struggles through mid-ish May, uh, well-documented this year. But he had really figured it out the last several months. He's been the Yankees' second-best starter, and he's given them innings and all that. So everybody was kind of excited for him to get a, to get this start at home and, and get a real test against a formidable offense. And there's a reason that offense is formidable. They they tagged him. It wasn't a good start, his first real dud in, in months. Um and the rest of the way, the Yankees just—they just don't hit. They, the offense just has not been good enough. Um, can our, we can talk about if is that do that is that them not having enough fight? Is that them not having enough talent? It's probably some column A, column B. There's Judge had quotes this series about the team not really showing up, uh, and then the next day talked about how they're just a hot stretch away. So I, th- I don't I don't know who in the a Yankees real got hot to stretch them, away. but. Uh, it's uh this they Yankees go below 500 latest in a season they've been below 500 literally in my life um it's uh this felt like nail in the coffin you're below 500 you were swept by a good team that you know the Yankees came in hoping to to make a statement um yeah. they did they made a statement 
They they made, they made a statement. statement. It wasn't great. It's, I mean, uh, like you're going up, you're going up against the Braves, who most people consider, you know, one A, one B best team in baseball. Um, you're going up against Nicky Lopez, who's been incredible for them since he's come over. You're going up against Austin Riley, who um, leads the big leagues with 21 extra base hits and is second with 13 home runs since the All Star break. Um, the Braves' rotation actually has not been great um, mm-hmm. since the All Star break, but it doesn't matter because their offense is a wagon and they can they're able to overcome some bad starts. Um, this is. This is what, I think he said it. This is good team versus bad team. Right good now. team beat a bad team. They, uh, yeah, I know on on talking Yanks, uh, a show we do about the Yankees. We're, we like talked after this set. And we're like, I think this is kind of our pivot point where we're no longer rest of the way going to be talking about like worst Yankees team of our life or most disappointing Yankee team of our life. Like it's we had to pivot to doing some like actual analysis and talking about like. Talking about the guys and figuring out what this team will be moving forward because there's there's stuff to learn when you watch the team even if they aren't pushing for a World Series right now. Um, there, the Yankees' conversation is going to be different. I don't know how much more about them you're going to hear on this program after after this set. I mentioned the starters have not been uh, up to snuff for the Braves since the All Star break, but in the last seven games they've had four shutouts. So yeah, do with that what you will, people. Braves fans, I'd uh, I would have optimism because I be- I'm a Max Freed believer and and I believe in most of their guys, but I'm sure a lot of them are telling themselves, "Well, we got to face the Yankees." It's a lot of fun. Moving on, <laughs> let's 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 talk about some different baseball here. Uh, the Orioles go into San Diego. The Padres take two or three. They needed to do that. And uh, what I'll call an aesthetically pleasing series. I like the. Orange going up against the yellow. I think that's all right. A little bit of fall. Looks like fall kind of mm. colors in this series. I don't mind that. that. I feel that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who we're going to talk about more later in the show. I believe, Beavers, you're mm. going to do that. He has a really nice start in that first game. Um, and the Orioles offense does enough. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn with the homer. He's been one of the better hitters for the, for the Orioles. And Gunnar Henderson... It's a double down the left field line. Nice, uh, pretty swing there. Uh, and that's really all the offense they needed. Second game, freaking Padres open it up against my guy Flaherty. I mentioned the Gary Sanchez grand slam. Uh, his final line, Flaherty's is three innings pitch, seven earned runs. Padres get a nice start from Walker there. Uh, five innings pitch, no runs. They kind of just waltz through that second game, 10 to three. And then in the last one, Snell doing his dang thing, man. Every single time he goes out, six innings pitch, two earned runs. They get to Kremer enough. They win it five to two. Uh, Tatis steals homer in this game. Grisham hits a home run. It's, yeah. You see in series like this just how good this Padres team can be, how exciting they can be, making plays defensively, um, having good starting pitching, good timely hitting, making things happen on the base pass. Drake, Jake Cronenworth had a hell of a snag there at first base. Um, it, there's just a lot to like about this team. Um, but then, you know, they'll just go in really bad ruts and spells where their offense doesn't string together hits and they don't hit with runners in scoring position. But if things all click, this, this can be such a good team. They have the, we, we've been saying the same thing all year. The talent's there. They're, 
You've got kind of all three facets of the game. You want to be good. You have a rotation you mostly trust, a lineup that is that is intimidating. You have a bullpen you mostly trust, I think. I haven't checked the stats in a minute. Let's let's see. They got to be blowing it somewhere. But uh but yeah, they uh they're not a team you want to face. Just the record has not reflected that, but they they're something about them. They just are they are alive. Like if I but, told you right now, okay. Everyone's equal. Start mm-hmm. with a 0 and 0 record. And you have the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Reds, and the Cubs, which is essentially is what we're considering the race for the last NL well, wildcard spot, right? Yeah. Like, wouldn't the Padres be like one of the first choices from those teams? Yeah, it feels feels like they'd be the family feud first choice, maybe. And some people. Oh, the casual your, first uh, choice. I think so. Okay. A little bit. And, and for you, a, a, a man that is uh, co-hosting one of the greatest baseball shows to ever be done, what do you think? Who would you pick there? Those five teams. They would be – Padres would get picked pretty early in the process. I, I, you know, my The way the Cubs have been playing for a while, and I believe in their lineup and a lot of their guys, uh, they might be the first team, I'd say, get as getting that last spot. Um but I would, if they were an even record from this, from right now, what I would predict the rest of the way would be, I would, I would, I would pick the Padres over the Reds and D-backs right now, just because even even the guys on the Padres, some of them have been there and done that, made playoff runs and all that. Most of them have. Oh boy, with this team. Oh boy, I mean, if, I, their, their I whole agree. season's I think made it might no be sense. Cubs, then might be. I think I might go Padres one. To be honest with you, I, I it's. Yeah. Such an interesting. This is this is gonna this wild card wild card race is gonna be so fun, uh, because you have like you know the different cast of characters. You have the Padres who like probably should be there with what they did in the off season and mm-hmm. and the money they have into their roster and some of the names, uh, and then a bunch of other teams are like playing kind of the new brand of baseball. You know, young kids coming up taking advantage of of the disengagement rule like stealing bags like fun young teams with some really young superstars uh it's it's gonna be a really fun race yeah they're uh it, they've been fascinating all year the the silver lining on them just as a whole is basically everybody is fully locked up like this is the crew you'll have and sometimes having a year like this long term when a group's gonna be together that that can help and you get more comfortable with each other as it goes so i don't know but the orioles keep going um you yeah. know they still have you didn't get swept you're didn't not, get swept you're you're still have a, I, think, I believe a two-game lead in the east um yes. right now you're the one seed yes the one seed in the al uh the next ones are going to go quick a's at st louis we're probably going to skip over here uh cardinals take Two or three, anybody we need to mention here? I don't know. Goldie yeah. hits a homer. Jordan Walker has a nice game in the first one. Goldie just had a good series here. I'm going to be talking about Zach Galoff in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we can probably skip this one. Shout yeah. out Lawrence Butler, my guy. Hits his first homer um, nice. with the A's. I DM him. 
quite frequently now. He's a stud. Yeah. Bigger picture for offseason topic, Cardinals will be after some starting pitching this winter. Shocker. Three. Three of them. Yep. <laughs> okay. I mean, hey, look, the Mask. Rangers did it, so why can't the Cardinals do it? Go by a rotation. Uh, next series is a little bit of a what is you doing, baby? Like I mentioned, the Red Sox were trying to keep pace with the Mariners. They lose two out of three. This is more on the Nationals playing good baseball, I think, than the Red Sox playing bad baseball. Uh, they've kind of like been pretty hot, I believe. The yeah. Nationals, are there some stats in here that I saw? About them going off? I mean, in general, they're, you know, we did our over under episode. They're, they're, you know, barring something crazy, it seems like they're going to cruise past their over under line. They've won 13 of 16 at home. They're 20 and 13 since That's July 8th. That was my birthday. Um, 20 and 13 since what? July 8th. Here we go, Nats. But playing a decent a- brand of ball. They're like, yeah, they're a game behind the Mets right now. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, you know, for them, Kybert Ruiz does his thing. CJ Abrams has been getting it going. I think a lot of people are, are really enjoying watching him play. Enjoy Manessas has a five ribby day. Um not much to go in here. I still I, I still fully believe in this Red Sox team as well. Uh, but they got some some ground to make up now. Yeah. As the Mariners are are kind of soaring, uh, they are three games behind the Mariners, three and a half games behind Toronto, uh, but still very, very doable. Very doable. You, you're the trailing team in this race, but uh, definitely in play. I, I do I do just think the, the Red Sox will be playing compelling baseball um, down the stretch. That said, uh, Boston fans, I'm... I'm Certain you wish you got at least one more in this set because two out of three to the Nats. I know we've just said some nice things about them and how they've played well for a month, month and a half now. But uh, that's a team you want you go into that series wanting to win. Yankees have them coming up next week. Uh, Nationals just in general, I think the young guys that they that Nats fans are interested in have all given them what they want. They they're creating the optimism. Uh, that I think Nats fans are looking for between Abrams and Gore and Josiah Gray, I think has been been struggling of late, but on the year he's been good. Um, the guys that that were important for this season and the franchise's outlook have have largely done what what you want. Now Trevor Story went hitless in this series for the Red Sox. I want to look at what his game log looks like. Yeah, can't be very many games. This is this is what his second series back, maybe third. Yeah, yes. 31 at bats this year. Um, had a four for four game August 13th huh. against Detroit. Um, another good game August 11th versus Detroit. Okay, he's just getting his footing done. That's yeah. going to help the Red Sox out a lot once he gets the stick going. Yeah, it's still still very early in his process, but uh, but this will you know it's not bad playing. He's only played shortstop too last year. Zero shortstop played. So he's back uh, back in a position he's comfortable in. Shout out Luis Arias, first career grand slam. Shout out CJ Abrams, who got to 30 stolen bases on the year. Joins um, some fun players uh, to steal 30 bags. I'm going to list them off right now. It is Trey Turner, who did it four times, Alfonso Soriano, Denard Spand, and T. 
plush niger morgan mm. that's a blast from the past are you familiar with t plush and niger morgan like do you remember all those i remember them things he did yeah he was he was a wild man and actually the the Nats record is better than we than we said it updated after the last game. Fourteen of seventeen at home, twenty one and thirteen since July. Damn. So I was a game off. I'm sorry. He plushed, dude. That's a blast in the past for me. Uh, He's a great. There was on a fall league together. Yes, he was. He was a name that popped up on the when we when we deep dove on that team. Yep. Okay. The last three series here, are all two games. I believe they all got split. So we'll go through these quickly. Phillies split with the Blue Jays. Uh, a nice pitching matchup in game one. Wheeler versus Kikuchi. Kikuchi's been nasty. Wheeler's is nasty. Uh, Whit Merrifield scores two runs for the Blue Jays. They win two to one. Um, and then the second game, Harper kind of goes off. Him and Jake Cave. Harper has the two homers. It was his uh, first multi-home run game of the season. Um, and we've talked about his lack of slug this year. Uh, this is exactly what the Phillies need to get going. They win that second one, nine for it. Again, um, Nola, not a, a great start, not a great year so far. Uh, the numbers are not there. Kevin Gossman, who was lights out uh, coming into this game, he got hit a little bit. And that's what scares you about this Phillies team is they don't give a shit who's on the mound. Uh at any given moment, they can put up seven, eight, nine, ten runs. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they're scary punish, because yeah. they can mix that with some really good starting pitching from time to time. Yeah. They're, uh, that team, again, another team you you just aren't going to enjoy facing if you've, if you've got yourself lined up against them in a playoff set. Uh, yeah, both these, the both these teams – Going to be in the playoffs, we think. Uh, Toronto holding on to that last spot. Am I right? right? Now. The last spot? Uh, I believe right now they still possess the final spot. They are, yes, but they're half game half game up on the Mariners, who I think have, I think have the more favorable schedule and slightly better juice going. That'll be a good race. Another team where I'm like, man, you guys just need to go. You're too good. Kevin Biggio, how about that? Gets hit in the foot with bases loaded. To put the go-ahead run there, uh, that's kind of a heartbreaker if you're a Phillies fan. Um, Blue Jays twenty-four and twelve in interleague play after that first game. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was on this show we mentioned you say Kikuchi. I don't think it was. I think that was on baseball today. I think so. Um, he has thirteen starts of one or fewer runs allowed. Leads the big leagues in that category. Yeah, he's he's putting together his best big league season. That's uh. That's nice to see. Uh, Guardians at Reds. Guardians win the first game. Uh, Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez both have nice games offensively. Logan Allen does his thing. Um, in the second game, the Reds win that one 7-2. to two. McLean goes 3-5 for five with a homer. Stuart Fairchild goes 2-4 for four with a homer. TJ Fradel has some nice catches uh-huh. uh, and goes 3-5 for five with three runs scored um, as they win that one in convincing fashion. They take Syndergaard. And Abbott does his thing. So they split that series. Uh, again, Guardians are just like going to be 500. Twins need to take advantage of that. They have not done that yet. Guardians are still in play for the AL Central, even though they're not really giving their best full effort. Yeah, they're, uh, they are, they have some talent. They've got, they're in play there, but uh, 
feels like top down, not going for it. I don't know why. It's it's weird, and they have their their pitching has been great. It's all young pitchers because that's exactly what you'd expect from Cleveland. That's what they do. What they do. Um, since the All Star break, best ERA in the big leagues, uh, two seven three, and it's been a lot of rookies. Um, yeah, they traded Williams, away Spivey, Allen, and then Curry coming into it. And I don't know, man. Cleveland fans get mad at me because they think I'm not really talking about their team correctly, but I believe I am, and they're just not willing to admit it. Um, yeah. I think I know these guys are young. I know that they're going to have innings limits, uh, and that's their organization's way of handling it. Fine. I just it largely works know, for the franchise, so. Who am I to fully doubt it? But feels like can have opportunities. Shouldn't shouldn't just kind of punt on it. Which it, it that is from an outsider what it lo- feels like Cleveland is doing. Sure. And the last series, White Sox Cubs. They split. I mentioned uh, La Pantera hits a freaking bomb. Has some stuff to say to the Rigby crowd about it. Um, they win the first game five to three. They look like they're going to sweep this one, Beavers. And then Chris Morrell says, "Nah, I'm good." Walk off free mm-hmm. run homer. He goes nuts. He goes That's nuts. Awesome. And that was, you know, the White Sox had a chance to sweep because Clevenger goes seven innings pitches, zero earned runs, but not enough. Uh, magical pinch hit, home run, and then Chris Morrell doing his thing. Uh, the Cubs seem to have some sort of that magic. Uh, that teams need to go on these runs like they've gone on. Yeah, they're uh, that was a that was a big one. You don't want to get swept, even if it's a two game set. Don't want to get swept by the White Sox when you're the Cubs trying to lock down a playoff spot, and they get they get a big one out of out of Christopher Morrell, who is a joy to watch. He is a joy to watch. Uh, another person that's been really, really good for the Cubs who like probably doesn't get enough love and had a big series and a big outing in this one was uh, Michael Fulmer. Uh, a 1.65 ERA over his last 30 appearances as the setup man for the Cubs. I mean, that's... Beebs, we talk about all the time what I want in my team. If I'm building a roster. I want a bunch of Cubans. Love me some Cuban ball players. I want some veterans on that team. I need a good clubhouse. And then I want some young, fast guys. You know what else I want? What else do you want? A back end of the bullpen I can trust. When we get leads, I want you three guys to go just finish the game. And honestly, I don't even care what order it happens. Do we need a closer, guys? Can we just do a three-headed thing and we'll mix and match? That's what I want. Cubs have that right now. And um is a big part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. He's, 20 uh... of 30 games in the second half, Beavers, the Cubs have won. Sheesh. Yeah, Fulmer Fulmer figured it back out again. He after you know, he comes over from from Detroit this offseason, right? And he uh it was a slow start for him. He was getting hit around early, but he has uh he is fully locked in from June on. He's been he's been lights out for them. So that's been a big part of their turnaround. Holy shnikey, we did it. We got through the interleague. Now it's time to enter the second half of the show. And that always starts off with standout standout performance. Performances. Beavers, I'll let you go first. Trev, I have a standout that I'm I'm 
pretty excited about. I'm going to our Baltimore and Padres uh, series. Padres win two out of three. The one game they lose, Monday, Grayson Rodriguez. Seven innings pitched, three hitter, uh, one earned run. I believe it was just, just a little solo shot. One walk, six Ks, gets the win, only throws 95 pitches, so was efficient as well. And this is a little more all-encompassing. You know, he he struggled in his first taste of the big leagues, as many do. Uh, in his six starts since coming back up in July, 35.2 innings pitched, He's got a 330 ERA, a 2.95 FIP. Opponents are hitting 195 against him for 517 OPS. They're not slugging. Only giving up the one homer, and that was this week. Uh, and even even you can butter knife even further because uh, that first start was I think five innings, four run, earned. You're not going to brag about that. He's got a 2.35 ERA in the last five starts, 30 innings pitched. So he's a guy that has figured it out. We've talked a lot about the clear weakness identity wise of this Orioles team is not having the front end rotation talent and Grayson is we always thought is the plan is to have him develop into that but he he might be just about there he's been really doing it um gotta imagine he's in in their playoff plans a little bit he has been as you mentioned with all those stats absolutely lights out as of late and you're totally right you know we always talk about this Orioles team and hey man they need these starters and you know he didn't start out great this year he's obviously turned it on um this Orioles team is very very fun to watch and Grayson you're right Grayson Rodriguez if they do make a deep run postseason wise he's 100% going to be a part of it for me who you got where were you when Zach Galoff made his major league debut. That's what I want to know, Beavers. Do you know? Where were you on July 14th? July 14th? Oof. I think we were back from Seattle at that point, right? We were. This was the first series after the All-Star break. I was there at the game uh-huh. when he made his debut. And it was him and Soderstrom. They made it together. And Galoff was kind of like the afterthought. They, a lot of people were looking at Soderstrom and saying, okay, this guy's going to be it. He's going to be the guy. And he looked good too. But Galoff has been absolutely incredible to start his big league career. On Wednesday, 8-16, he went four for five with two doubles, two ribbies, a run, and a stolen base. His line on the year is absolutely nuts. 294, 353, 633 for a 986 OPS, a 176 OPS plus. In 109 at bat, Fevers, he's already racked up 1.4 baseball reference war. He's got eight homers, seven stolen bases. Uh, it's it's really been it's he's it's fun to watch. He's listed as 6'2. He doesn't look 6'2. I was just about to say, how tall is this dude? He wears the high pants, so I think maybe that cuts him off a little bit. Uh, but what I what I see and what I've seen from Zach is an absolute athlete out there. He's got all the fast twitch muscles. He does everything quickly. Everything seems powerful. And to start your career the way he started his career, especially when you're on a team like the A's. Now, for him, he knows he's going to be playing. So, it, you know, at a certain t- point, you know, you feel good about that. Hey, it doesn't matter if I struggle or not. I'm probably still going to get at bats. But this guy hasn't struggled at all. 
Um, I mentioned all the numbers that he has. They're incredible for anybody to have those, but especially a 23-year-old rookie uh, to come up and, and, and do the things he's done um, is really impressive. He's actually went to high school in Delaware. So shout yeah. out Delaware. Delaware guy. You know, yeah. You know, uh, I have some fun facts about Zach Geloff. He, uh, love it. He has a brother in the Dodgers system. So, you know, he's going to be a stud too. Both oh, of them were the yeah. 60th overall pick in the draft, second rounders. Um, so I'm calling a little funny business there. But, uh, but yeah, A's, Dodgers. That's fun. The two Geloff boys. From Delaware, and uh, they have something in common with me. We're all Jewish athletes. So oh, my guys! Part of the tribe. He's in yeah. the tribe, baby. Uh, so Jake and Zach Geloff, big fan of you guys. I'm buying a lot of stock. Uh, you're you're kind of carrying us for a bit. Um, I need to add that to my my dream roster. Some Cuban ball players. I, I need a Jewish ball player. You need one. One of my favorites one. growing up was Sean Green. And so, like, I'm in for that. Mix, I'm in you for need that. to mix in. Okay. Need to mix in. Um, learning his name was Jake was also a little funny business. His, Zach's brother, um, Jake, was in the room with me when I found that out. That freaked me out. It was right after we did all the Jake shout-outs on this show. So, I don't know. Another Jake on the way. I love the Jewish religion. I do. Me too. I, I, have, uh, I grew up with a, a, a ton of Jewish friends who were always welcoming and inviting me over to all the Jewish holidays, which there kind of are a lot. There's a lot of them. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of it. A lot of people out here that I know um, have like kind of like mixed parents. They do the, they do Jewish religion uh, holidays and also celebrate Christian holidays. So like, I'm like, how does that work for you guys? You just like, get whatever. everything. The tree and the menorah. You can do both. Apparently wasn't, that wasn't me. You weren't allowed to do that. No, we had, we picked a side. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other guys we could have mentioned. Gary Sanchez, uh, he had the the grand slam against Flaherty. Harold Ramirez um, had a big game for the Rays. Uh, Rosario, Simeon, Bobby Witt Jr., Marcelo Zuna, Riley Green. All those guys could have mentioned, but they weren't. Um, some of them are coming up. Some of them are coming up. In the next part of our show is dirt nasties on fuego that means i'm on fire baby like waco i love doing in fuego because we get to highlight the guys we need to highlight some of these guys we've already talked about uh like christian walker six for 11 in the series with the four homers 22 homers against colorado with 13 being at coors field uh he's tied with max muncie for the most homers of any active visiting player at Coors Field since 2018. That's a butter knife stat if I've ever heard one. But Christian Walker is a absolute stud. Julio Rodriguez has been going off, um, and he single-handedly won them this four-game set. Uh, 12 for 21, three doubles, a homer. He had 11 runs batted in in the series. Uh, he had 12 hits, like I mentioned, in that four-game set. That set a franchise record for any series. Uh, he's the first Seattle player with at least 20 homers in each of his first two seasons. You could go on and on about this guy. He's a stud. DJ Stewart, outfielder for the Mets, uh, four for six. Only two games played in this one, but three of those were homers. Um, 
he wants to buy diapers for his kids. Uh, for the week of August 11th uh, through August 17th, Riley Green mentioned him a little bit. 10 for 22, two doubles, two homers, seven ribbies. How about Nelson Velasquez for the Royals? He goes eight for 23. Four of those hits were homers, five ribbies, uh, nine career homers, and 214 at-bats with Chicago Cubs. He has four already and only 23 at-bats with Kansas City just a week after being acquired. And your old friend, Araldis Chapman, had a nice week. Four games pitched in, four innings pitched, no runs, two hits, eight Ks. Um, in his last 21 innings pitched, he's only allowed an earned run in one of those appearances, so 21 games. He's only allowed an earned run in one of those appearances, has a 1-2-9 ERA and 40 Ks in those 21 innings pitched. He's, holy Damn crap. That. Looking like Prime Araldis. Holy shnikes. Good job, Rangers, on going out and getting him early on. Any team could have had this guy. He was on the Royals, for God's yeah. sake. Everyone knew he was being traded at some point. What were teams thinking not going out and getting this guy? Yeah, a team like that that was fully out of it. Like, you oh knew God. they were going to trade their dudes. Call them up. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, for the two weeks, August 3rd through August 17th, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates, 19 for 61, six homers, 10 ribbies. That's a one daughter over that time. Max Scherzer, another guy. Hey, great job, Rangers. You went out and did it. Three games started within that time frame, 20 innings pitched, four earned runs for a 1.8 ERA and a .8 whip. Um, he's a stud. How about Luis? Or excuse me, not Luis Urias. Julio Urias. Uh, for the Dodgers, um, he had a bad July. But in these three games, in the last three games, 18 innings pitched, three earned runs, 22 Ks for a 1-5 ERA. He had a 6-2-3 ERA in July and only has a 1-5 in August. So he's turned things around. And that, my friends, is who's in fuego. Mm. You want to do the IL real quick before we yes. get into yes. the last section of the show? Injury. Updates start with the bad stuff. Place on the IL. Steven Matz, uh, G Man Choi, he's a fun guy. Manny Marco goes on the IL. JJ Blade, Willie Castro for your Twinkies. Ozzy Albies, that one, that one you get noticed for. Uh, but they've got Nicky Lopez just ready to step in and never get out again. That's some funny business. Tom Murphy in Seattle. Nolan Gorman hits the IL. Uh, Mets, you lose Mark Vientos. That's a guy you wanted to watch the rest of this year. Returning from the IL, Aaron Hicks, Charlie Blackman. Nice couple couple outfielders I like. Jordan Romano gets back for Toronto. That's big. Hunter Harvey's back for the Nats. Michael Waka. That's going to be important for the Padres. Royce Lewis returns. I like that. You like that. Um, oh, Kittredge comes back too. That, that's a guy I haven't gotten to think about in a while. And those are those are your big injury updates. Nice, Beavers. Hit the awards button real quick, just for fun. Awards! Shout out, Kelsey and Casey. I think it's a package deal now. We just got to shout this out Casey. Point. By law. Why not? By law. Always um, shouting out Casey. I believe they're both together in Colorado, if the Instagram stories are correct. Seems like they're having uh, a good week. That's fun. Newlyweds. Yeah. What's well, not fun about being a newlywed? Uh, we aren't doing awards today because it is Friday. It's August 18th. We got Beavers on the main mic. So that means one thing and one thing only. It is 
stimulator simulator and please Bieber's hit that freaking oh it's bumped oh my goodness and I think we got some good matchups here so I can't wait to see what she'd do we are going to start off in the American League as the Twins host the Blue Jays in a wild card matchup who do you got moving on from that I'm in on the Twins baby they not only win their first playoff game in two decades, they get their first series win. Two wins. In a couple of decades. I like that. Two a lot. wins. We'll stay in the American twins. League. The other wild card matchup Tampa Bay hosting the Houston Astros. Oh, how about your wild card matchup? Ooh, Astros. Astros moving on to face Baltimore. We'll move over to the National League side now. There are some teams tied. But the Cubs have the tiebreaker here, so they will be in Milwaukee to take on the Brew Crew in a wild card set. Who moves on there? It's the Brew Crew. Milwaukee says we are the toast of the town. They take that one. Now Philly hosts the Giants in a wild card matchup to face the Braves. Who wins that one? Who gets to face the Atlanta Braves? Wow. It's Philly. Wow, I thought you were going to go with the Giants there. Surprised me. I was almost ready to write that down, but you went Philly. Okay, so now back to the American League. We have Minnesota. They go down to Texas for the Divisional Series. Who wins that one? It's the Texas Rangers. Texas moves on to take my Twins out. Staying in the AL, it's Houston. Matching up against Baltimore, the number one seed. Are two orange teams. Houston season begins in the ALCS. Houston moves on, and we got an all Texas CS Whew. in the AL. Back to the NL. Milwaukee has to travel <laughs> to face the Dodgers in LA. Who moves on to the NLCS? I think we just got a taste of it, and it's the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that one too. Uh, Philadelphia goes into Atlanta. Big series. Who moves on to face the Dodgers? Philly with a stunner. Wow. All that work for nothing, Braves. Too All much resting. Work for nothing. All right. Two big CSs here. I like the way this is matched up. In the AL, Texas hosts the Houston Astros. The Rangers make it. The Texas Rangers get to the World Series? And who are they matching up against? L.A. hosting the Phillies. It's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are inevitable. Texas Rangers, Los Angeles Dodgers, World Series. The winner of the 2023 World Series is... A few years ago. World Series was played in Texas. The Dodgers got to win a World Series in Texas. And they would love to do that again, celebrate in the same place, but it is the Texas Rangers winning the World Series. The Texas Rangers, your 2023 World Series champs. My goodness. What a way to enter the weekend, Beavers. Let's have a good weekend, everybody. Unbelievable. The Rangers shock the world. Expectations changed. 
Chick sucks. I believe Jake will be back on Monday for the show. I appreciate people. I know we've been kind of inconsistent with all of the hosts, but we're doing our best over here in the dog days of August. Me and Beavers are animals. Thank you to Jose Siri. Great work, Jose. Producing. Way to go. Great work. We'll see you guys on Monday. Subscribe if you want.